0: Good morning. Today is Monday, December 9th, 2019. Our readings today are Psalm 25, Amos 7, 1-9, Revelation 1, 1 1-8, and Matthew 22, 23-33. Excuse me, not Psalm 25, Psalms 9 and 15. God, who made the Pleiades and Orion, and turns deep darkness into the morning, and darkens the day into night, who calls for the waters of the sea, and pours them out upon the surface of the earth. God is her name. Dear friends in Christ, here in the presence of Almighty God, let us kneel in silence, and with penitent and obedient hearts confess our sins, that we may obtain forgiveness that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, have mercy on us. Forgive us all our sins through through, through the grace of Jesus Christ. Strengthen us in all goodness and by the power of the Holy Spirit keep us in eternal life. Amen. O God, make speed to save us. O God, make haste to help us. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. O gracious light, pure brightness of the ever-living Mother in heaven, O Jesus Christ, holy and blessed, now as we come to the setting of the sun and our eyes behold the vesper light, we sing your praises, O God, Mother, Son, and Holy Spirit, you are worthy at all times to be praised by happy voices, O Son of God, O Giver of life, and to be glorified through all the worlds. Psalms 9 and 15 I will give thanks to God with my whole heart. I will tell of all your wonderful deeds. I will, ex- I will be glad and exalt in you. I will sing praise to your name, O Most High. When my enemies turned back, they stumbled and perished before you. For you have maintained my just cause. You have sat on the throne giving righteous judgment. You have rebuked the nations. You have destroyed the wicked. You have blotted out their name forever and ever. The enemies have vanished in everlasting ruins. Their cities you have rooted out. The very memory of them has perished. But God sits enthroned forever. She has established her throne for judgment. She judges the world with righteousness, she judges the peoples with equity. God is a stronghold for the oppressed, a stronghold in times of trouble. And those who know your name put their trust in you, for you, O God, have not forsaken those who seek you. Sing praises to God who dwells in Zion, declare her deeds among the peoples, for she who avenges blood is mindful of them, she does not forget the cry of the afflicted. Be gracious to me, O God. See what I suffer from those who hate me. You are the one who lifts me up from the gates of death, so that I may recount all your praises, and in the gates of daughter Zion, rejoice in your deliverance. The nations have sunk in the pit that they made. The net in the net that they hid has their own foot been caught. God has made herself known, she has executed judgment. The wicked are snared in the work of their own hands. The wicked shall depart to Sheol, all the nations that forget God. For the needy shall not always be forgotten, nor the hope of the the poor perish forever. Rise up, O God. Do not let mortals prevail. Let the nations be judged before you. Put them in fear, O God. Let the nations know that they are only human. O God, who may abide in your tent? Who may dwell on your holy hill? Those who walk blamelessly and do what is right and speak the truth from their heart, who do not slander with their tongue, and do no evil to their friends nor take up a reproach against their neighbors and whose eyes the wicked are despised but who honor those who fear god who stand by their oath even to their heart who do not lend money at interest and do not take a bribe against the innocent those who do these things shall never be moved praise to the holy and undivided trinity one god as it was in the beginning is now, and will be forever. Amen. A reading from Amos chapter 7, verses 1 through 9. This is what God showed me. She was forming locusts at the time the latter growth began to sprout. It was the latter growth after the king's mowings. When they had finished eating the grass of the land, I said, "'Oh, God, forgive, I beg you. "'How can Jacob stand? "'He is so small.' "'God relented concerning this. "'It shall not be,' said God. "'This is what God showed me. "'God was calling for a shower of fire, "'and it devoured the great deep "'and was eating up the land. "'Then I said, "'Oh, God, cease, I beg you. "'How can Jacob stand?' He is so small. God relented concerning this. This also shall not be, said God. This is what God showed me. God was standing beside a wall built with a plumb line, with a plumb line in his hand. And God said to me, Amos, what do you see? And I said, A plumb line. Then God said, See, I am setting a plumb line in the midst of my people Israel. I will never again pass them by. The high places of Isaac shall be made desolate, and the sanctuaries of Israel shall be laid waste. And I will rise against the house of Jeroboam with the sword. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God. Canticle 11, the the third song of Isaiah. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of God has dawned upon you. For behold, darkness covers the land, deep gloom enshrouds the peoples, but over you God will rise, and her glory will appear upon you. Nations will stream to your light, and kings to the brightness of your dawning. and God will be your glory. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. A reading from Revelation, chapter 1, verses 1 through 8. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants what must soon take place. He made it known by sending his angel to his servant John, who testified to the word of god and to the testimony of jesus christ even to all that he saw blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of the prophecy and blessed are those who hear and keep what is written in it for the time is near john to the seven churches that are in asia grace to you and peace from he who is and who was and who is to come, and from the seven spirits who are before her throne, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, and the ruler of the rulers of the earth, to God who loves us and freed us from our sins by his blood, and made us to be a queendom, priest serving God and parent, in heaven to god be glory and dominion forever and ever amen look god is coming with the clouds every eye will see even those who pierced him and on his account all the tribes of the earth will wail so it is to be amen i am the alpha and the omega says god who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God. Canticle N, A Song of God's Love Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. Whoever does not love does not know God. For God is love. In this the love of God was revealed among us, that God sent her only Son into the world, so that we might live through Jesus Christ. In this is love, not that we loved God, but that God loved us, and sent her Son that sins might be forgiven. Beloved, since God loved us so much, we ought also to love one another. For if we love one another, God abides in us, and God's love will be perfected in us. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity. One God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Matthew. Glory to you, Lord Christ. Matthew chapter 22, verses 23 through 33. But Jesus, aware of their malice, said, Why are you putting me to the test, you hypocrites? Show me the coin used for the tax. And they brought him a denarius. Then he said to them, Oh, excuse me, I started too early. The same day some Sadducees came to him, saying, There is no resurrection. And they asked him a question, saying, Teacher, Moses said, If a man dies childless, his brother shall marry the widow and raise up children for his brother. Now there were seven brothers among us. The first married and died childless, leaving the widow to his brother. The second did the same, so also the third, down to the seventh. Last of all, the woman herself died. In the resurrection then, whose wife of the seven will she be? For all of them had married her. Jesus answered them, You are wrong, because you know neither the scriptures nor the power of God. For in the resurrection they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are like angels in heaven. And as for the resurrection of the dead, Have you not read what was said to you by God? I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. God is God not of the dead, but of the living. And when the crowd heard it, they were astounded at his teaching. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Let's affirm our faith together with the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Mother Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, her only Son, our Lord the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. God be with you, and also with you. Let us pray. Our Mother in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy queendom come, thy will be done. On earth as it is in heaven, give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the queendom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Will you suffragists set be, that this evening may be holy, good, and peaceful? We entreat you, O God. that we may be bound together by your Holy Spirit in the communion of St. John, St. Teresa, and all your saints, entrusting one another and all our life to Christ. We entreat you, O God. Most holy God, the source of all good desires, all right judgments, and all just works, Give to us, your servants, that peace which the world cannot give, so that our minds may be fixed on the doing of your will, and that we, being delivered from the fear of all enemies, may live in peace and quietness, through the mercies of Christ Jesus our Savior. Amen. Be our light in the darkness, O God. And in your great mercy, defend us from all perils and dangers of this wilderness. For the love of your only Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. O God, the life of all who live, the light of the faithful, the strength of those who labour, and the repose of the dead, we thank you for the blessings of the day that is past, and humbly ask for your protection through the coming night. Bring us in safety to the morning hours. Through through him who died and rose again for us, your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Lord Jesus, stay with us, for evening is at hand and the day is past. Be our companion in the way. Kindle our hearts and awaken hope that we may know you as you are revealed in Scripture and the breaking of bread. Grant this for the sake of your love. Amen. Merciful God, who sent your messengers, the prophets, to preach repentance and prepare the way for our salvation, give us grace to heed their warnings and forsake our sins, that we may greet with joy the coming of Jesus Christ, our Redeemer, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Christ, light of light, brightness indescribable, the wisdom, power, and glory of God, the Word made flesh, you overcame the forces of Satan, redeemed the world, and then ascended again to the Mother. Grant Jacob, Jack, and all your children, we pray, in this tarnished world, the shining of your splendor, send your Archangel Michael to defend us, to guard our going out and coming in, and to bring us safely to your presence, where you reign in the one holy and undivided Trinity, to ages of ages. Amen. Keep watch, dear God, with those who work or watch or (laughs) wait... Or weep this night, and give your angels charge over those who sleep. Tend the sick, gracious Christ. Give rest to the weary. Soothe the dying. Bless the dying. Soothe the suffering. Pity the afflicted. Shield the joyous. And all for your love's sake. Amen. Well, now is the time when I usually share some of my thoughts on the scriptures. I apologize. I seem to be extra tongue-tied today. Forgive me for that. So our two psalms today, I think actually that they dovetail together very nicely. and i think that psalm 9 is a psalm it's a great psalm of humility for us to remember in the time of victory which is coming soon i promise <laughs> the psalmist says the psalmist gives all the credit to god just should, as we should the psalmist makes it really clear that it's not through his might or power that that his enemies were vanquished it's through god they stumbled and perished before you you maintained you have sat, you rebuked, you destroyed, you blotted out. And I think this verse is particularly poignant to us in this time as we really struggle. I know that, you know, as, as a person who was a child in the 80s, I really thought that we were further along in vanquishing discrimination. I really thought that minorities were more empowered. But I've come to see through my own personal experience, and through what's going on in the world around us, that there is still a lot of work to, to be done. And that can be really disheartening when we're trying to break these cycles of sociological and societal abuse. And here, I think we can hold on to verse 5b. You have blotted out their name forever and forever and forever and forever. And you know what that means? Like if the if the name of a family, right? So the family name that was passed down in this context through the mail line, if the name was blotted out, nothing got passed down, there's no more inheritance. It's done. That cycle, that pass down, that inheritance, however you want to call that, like, it's over. It's blotted out. And I was listening to something that um, Beth Moore said the other day, and I'm probably getting it wrong, so, so please forgive me that the words aren't just right, but it was that she was listening to her husband pray, and he was praying like a prayer of thankfulness, or at least it, it, it came to be that, it was seen as that later, but he was praying and he mentioned that his family name will not continue on because they have daughters who have taken their husband's names. And at first she was ready to jump to his defense, but then she either spoke with him or realized or something, but it came to the awareness of that he was glad for that, that The the things that he had suffered and was afraid that he would pass on, whether by nature or by nurture, they died. They died with the last of, of the men bearing his family name. And I think metaphorically speaking, we can certainly take this to heart and take it as encouragement that those evil inheritances, the generational sin heaped by the empowered upon the powerless for hundreds of years some, in some respects thousands of years it will end, it will be no more it will be blotted out those ugly evil names will not be passed on And who needs a stronghold built of earthly materials when God is our stronghold? As it says in verse 9 and 10, we know God. We put our trust in God. That is our only security, and it is beautiful and perfect. I think we've talked about this a little bit before, even... Even the best people are not infallible. But God is infallible. And God has us. God cares for us and has more of a beautiful and blessed inheritance and divine ending culmination of our lives than we could possibly imagine. And the journey from here to there is rich with God's blessings as well. It doesn't just all come at the end, friends. Even here, even in the middle of the wilderness, is God and God's blessing. And I am reminded of that myself today. Um, My ever-aware son was really upset today, and I don't want to share his confidences publicly but I was so glad that that we could meet together and share and come to a deeper understanding and that was a huge blessing and there is great blessing to be found in pain not that we should seek pain out but that we should seek to wring the understanding and the joy from even the painful situation And with God's help, we can. With God's help, there is nothing that is useless. There's nothing without transformative power and blessing that happens on on this earth or anywhere. And it's worth the struggle, friends. It is. Gosh, that was longer than I thought I would spend on the psalm. (laughs) And um, Psalm 15 talks about what we're striving towards, who we're striving to be. And of course, none of us are truly blameless. I think I mentioned this the last time we read this psalm, except in Christ. But we are blameless in Christ, in Christ and through Christ and with Christ. We become that which we were created to be. And we speak the truth from our heart. And so we shall never be moved, because we are rooted in faith and love. We are true and authentic and kind. So this Old Testament reading is very interesting to me. Um, There are plagues. And the prophet Amos asks God to relent. And God does not forgive and remove the punishment, but God changes the punishment. At least this is my interpretation. So, first we have locusts, and then we have a shower of fire. And then finally, God uses the metaphor of the plumb line, which, and this is a quote from my commentary, is a device for determining the true vertical line of a structure. And according again to the commentary, reveals that Israel's religious and political institutions do not measure up and will be destroyed. Here the prophet offers no intercessory, protest, or plea though he does maintain a dialogue with God. So, we've talked before, as we were leading up to Lent, about the things that need to be torn down, being torn down, so that we can build up in their place. And this is another one of those examples, and I think it probably even goes for the plagues, too, that that God is, this sounds awful, but it's like a scorched earth, well, that's probably the wrong metaphor, because scorched earth really isn't clearing the way for something else to, to be built up, but... Um, But maybe more like pulling down a building that's been condemned. Like it's no longer safe. It's not serving its purpose. The powers that be have been twisted into something which is not good. This structure, and take that the many different ways, institutionally and metaphorically and physically, is no longer supporting consolation would be the the language of spiritual direction, supporting consolation bringing us closer to God and so it's being done away with and I believe that that is in preparation for that which is coming next which is an iteration closer to God and again like it's not easy. It's painful and it's hard. And and Amos, when we're talking about the plagues, he's like, how are you going to do this? We'll be destroyed. There won't be anything left. And so God relents. And I think, man, I have a hard time wrapping my head around this, that God is going to bring a plague and the prophet intercedes and God relents. Why is that? Why does God relent? Why does God want to punish in the first place? And I think the answer is not that God wants to punish, but that God wants to heal and reconcile and redeem. And some of that, some of that is the is searching for an explanation, right? of that which at the time seemed unexplainable and some of it is met, and that's the literal piece and then some of it is metaphorical so literally searching for an explanation of why a plague might start and might stop and it's hard for us to understand all of these things now in our cancer stricken society it's so difficult for us to understand why sickness sweeps through and then equally difficult for us to understand sometimes why sickness relents and healing occurs and I I don't have the answer to those questions I humbly say that they are beyond my human understanding but what I can understand and what I believe to be true is that God is not the origin of any suffering But God will use suffering to heal, and sometimes, in order for healing to happen, cleansing must happen. And I don't mean that in that in any kind of super creepy, ethnic way. I mean that in the way of cleaning, like cleaning the house, or like we've talked to, like debriding a wound. This is it's Advent, and it's kind of like winter cleaning of the soul. And so. As hard as it is, those things that aren't useful to us anymore, God, just tear them down and cast them away, like the the places of worship on the high hills that had become unholy. Tear down the unholy strongholds, and let us grow up rooted in your faith and love, O God. Amen. So I have to admit, I was a little like, oh, I thought we were done with Revelation when I saw what the reading for tonight was. But here's my prayer to us from this scripture, from Revelation. God, send your angels to make known what we need to see right now. Give us eyes to see and ears to hear and hearts to understand. And minds to know. Let us be blessed who share and who hear and who keep. We understand that the time is near, that you are coming again. We understand that the time of redemption and restoration is near, and the time of judgment is near. And God, we also understand that your time not being our time, we don't know exactly when that is. But in this hopeful season of preparation, of waiting, of repentance, of advent, go through with us. Take our personal inventory. And God, all of the false messages that we have held on to and believed. Maybe those things that were spoken to us, whether overtly or implied, even since our childhood, those false messages, let them be erased and fill up our hearts, our minds, our souls, our spirits, our bodies, our very beings with your message, God with your message of truth and love. And help us to understand what that love means and what it looks like and how it's applied in every aspect, in every way, in every day. Help us, O God. And may we be receptive to your teaching. May we grow in this season. may, May we emerge on Christmas Day transformed. Amen. lastly our gospel reading so um, we read this in one of the other gospels I forget which one not too too long ago and I think it's interesting that this starts out the same day so man it feels like Jesus doesn't even get a break they try to entrap him and then they come back and they try to entrap him again and he just cuts through all, all the crap and and points and points this out and, and I think before I get to what he points out, I think this is so funny that the Sadducees came and, and they say, A, there is no rec- resurrection, and then they say, B, in the resurrection. So there are they're are already talking out of both sides, which is, you know, just speaks to their falsity. That it's not it's not about understanding the truth. That's not what they're trying to get at. And so God, whatever malintention anyone has toward us or we have toward anyone in this time of divisiveness in our culture where we're trying to argue somebody in a corner or prove them wrong. Let us cast all of that aside and instead seek to understand. And God, may your Holy Spirit be so present that in understanding we, each other, we come to know you more fully. Amen then I think that we should hold these things, too. There are two things Jesus says the, 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 the Sadducees don't have. He's like, you're wrong because you know, one, neither the scriptures, nor two, the power of God. And so, even though it's stated as a negative here, it's really, it's, it's also guidance for us. That we come to know what is right through knowing the scriptures and knowing the power of God. And how do we know something? We first observe it. At least that's what I think. Um, whether that's a shared observation or a personal firsthand observation, but it is seen and then known. And so we're back to, you know, may we be open to knowing. Man, unknowing can be really painful. And sometimes we have to unknow that which is false to then know that which is true. Even, Even ugly, hurtful stuff sometimes we hold on to because at least we know how to deal with it. At least we've developed a counter coping mechanism. And casting that aside and reaching out for something that we're not sure of or something that isn't quite clear to us can be, it can be really scary. So God grant us strength to expand our minds and realize more fully your truth. Let us walk into that which is unknown to us, but of course known to you with perfect faith and trust in you, O God. Amen. And then I love this, that it doesn't matter because we're like angels in heaven. The social constructs that we have, the hierarchies, the ownership, it doesn't exist. So what we were talking about before, when I first started going on, (laughs) about the readings tonight, about the time coming... When those evil twisted hierarchies, systems of oppression are no more, God's telling us about it right here in heaven, those are no more. And as we, the universal body of Christ, move transformation by transformation, glory by glory, closer and closer to Christ, we will approximate that more closely. We must not stop, friends. We must keep investing energy and prayer and effort and channeling, providing paths for God to do God's work in this world. We must continue to cooperate with God in the Universal Christ Project to move The places and the constructs in which we live, what we're surrounded by, closer to that of the heavenly perfection that God designed. For it is so true what it says here. God is not God of the dead, but God of the living. God of the moving forward. God of the growing. God of the transforming. And we are invited to partner with God in this transformation, in this becoming. Amen. Well, thank you. I actually thought that was going to be a short one, but I guess I kind of went on. Thank you very much for listening to me, all of you. I really appreciate you, and thank you very much for bearing with me during this season when I find myself much less eloquent and able to clearly express myself and much more foggy and confused. So may God banish the fog and confusion. In the holy name of Jesus Christ, amen. And may the Holy Spirit step in and fill in all of the places where I have fallen short. Translate. Explain, O Holy Spirit. Come here and make our understanding more than my paltry human understanding could be. Thank you. Amen. Let's say together that... um, hmm. The Prayer of St. Christopher on page 126. thanks be to God. Glory to God whose power working in us can do infinitely more than we can ask or imagine. Glory to God from generation to generation in the church and in Christ Jesus forever and ever. Amen.